the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. This is the Liberty Hour podcast. And it's no longer the maiden voyage. This is number two. So yesterday we had a couple of uh, kinks that we have managed to work out. So give us a call if you care to participate in the program. It's 312-642-5600. Now, some of the, the hardest part about radio, as I learned from being a caller to this, is that when chaos is going on in the studio, uh, to stay focused and to stay on point. Well, one of the things that happened yesterday, i got to have two corrections from yesterday. And I, yes, that's my way of blaming the brass as they still continue to walk in and out of the uh, studio. I can deal with it. Go ahead, throw it at me. Um, so during the Hulkram Underwood question that I had from one of the callers, um, I misrepresented Underwood as a doctor, of which she is not. She is a registered nurse, of which it's extremely hard to find any information on. So she may just be a registered nurse. I know that she worked for Obama. I know that she worked in Washington, D.C. for various uh, Democrat apparatchiks. I also know she now lives with her mommy and daddy in Naperville, which is going Listen, I think this is the perfect kind of background for a, uh, a congressman because congressmen are in charge of the money, right? So who else do you want in charge of the money except a 32-year-old something living with their mommy and daddy? who have no idea how to manage a household or how to even support themselves, I think it's going to end famously. And um, the reality of why it doesn't matter is apparently we've hired a lot of lawyers in the past, all great guys, all executives, and uh, here we are with the shell game of $22 trillion that they admit to, the unfunded liabilities of 10 times that, right? The fact that in 2018... The Republican Congress has borrowed twice as much than they did in 2017. And these are all people who we think and we pretend are conservatives and, um, you know, that they're, they're lawyers and they're responsible adults. I say let's, let's let the kids take over. I mean, how much worse could it be? They'll have all the utopian nonsense that the Democrats promise us. And this holiday will be much better, right, because the candy is going to be better in Halloween when the kids are in charge. And then the other mistake that I made yesterday was when talking about what I think is truly the scam of all scams. And I say that because it's not really what it's sold to be. It's more of a tax on the desperate and stupid among us, is the video gaming industry. 
I said that I thought that the company that owned 50% plus of all the video games that owns uh, Republican Cong- or Republican politicians in Illinois, like Don Corleone used to in the movies, um, his, it's actually Gold Rush Gaming. It's Gold Rush Gaming. And the owner is a real slick operator, real slimeball, by the name of Rick Heidner. And uh, Rick Heidner was a commercial real estate broker with his wife, who was already wired in politically and connected and loved that pay-to-play system that Chicago, Illinois has perfected, actually made an art form. So when the opportunity came along to have a, a competition-free tax on the stupid and the desperate, known as video gaming, he played the cards right, and he now has over 50% of all video games are owned by Gold Rush Gaming. Not only that, I have a particular connection to this because um, I live in Elmwood Park, Illinois, and uh, we used to have a mayor, not, not, uh, not truly a special fellow at all. In fact, he's a punchline, walking punchline. A typical quintessential slimy right down to the plastic that he's trying to fool everybody his hair. And he is now a Cook County commissioner. His name is Pete Silvestri. And Pete Silvestri moonlights as a lawyer who's only negotiated inside contracts for government. And he's got another little job that's my favorite. He is an agent for Gold Rush Gaming. So think about how brilliant this is from the scam perspective of truly avoiding all competition. You hire a politician who makes direct money on placing video games, and is he going to make more money by keeping out competition, or is he going to make more money by letting all the competition come in? Well, you kind of know where it is. And he can utilize his political power for those businesses that want the video games, because one thing that's undeniable in the Sam Giancana economic plan of Chicago, Illinois, is it's profitable, baby. You get these video games, you could take a business that was, uh, you know, not doing much, and you could turn it around. And, and, and here, you get to keep a whole third of it. This is, this is the other great scam. They get a, you get a third for having the business, for watching it, making sure what happens, and operating it on a daily uh, basis. The government, the Illinois government, gets a third because, after all, that they have to because they're Luca Brazzi of the extortion gangster uh, uh, mafia-orientated economy. So they're the enforcer. Right. And then, of course, Don Corleone, who in this case is a guy by the name of Rick Heidner, he gets his third. Now, here's the other thing he does. He gets to spread the money around to make sure that he doesn't have to pay a lot of taxes on that third, which is really kind of where the turmoil is now. So a couple of slick guys come by and they figure out that, you know, through sweepstakes gaming, they could be competition. So they create a game uh, and various companies out there do it. And it's kind of a sweepstakes and they offer a sweeter pot. So what Rick does and the rest of the uh, the the gangsters that never want to fight in their life what these guys do is they use the government that they pay off to make sure they can have no competition and it's an extremely successful business plan in fact it's brilliant so i don't want to confuse it it wasn't blackjack gaming it's gold rush gaming so let's be sure that we have that because they after all they are corruptors of our illinois economy and they should get the recognition they deserve so those are the two corrections i want to make now, the next thing I want to do, because yesterday's show was fun, right? We had a lot of callers yesterday. And if you care to call, it's 312-642-5600. We had a, I love Twitter. And you can follow me at uh, Sean from EP on Twitter. I absolutely love it. And I had two tweets from a guy who I like very much. Uh, we've been going back and forth for years, to be quite honest with you. And um, I want to read them correctly. So let's do it right. His name is, uh, can I, he's got his name on Twitter, so I might as well say his name. Jim Stolte. And Jim Stolte, and this is some of the things that I had recognized 
when first supporting Donald Trump, and don't worry, we're going to get to the immigration. I'll do the flavor of the day. We'll get to that, but I want to clear this up. Um, when recognizing, hey, this Trump would be kind of cool to have in very early on, and uh, realizing, you know, I knew he was kind of a more of a Democrat with some uh, populist views, which are very, very detrimental to the economy. But I figured, you know, he'll, he's using that to get elected. I didn't think he would actually follow through with the virtual, what I think is economic incompetence of protectionism and populism. But listen, it, it, it has a it has a stock market pop and you could fake the numbers. So it works. Anyway, um, I started to argue with some, you know, hardcore Tea Party members who were susceptible to the false patriotism that's sold from populism. So I think it's important that we address these issues because one thing I really do, and I mean this, I do like about Donald Trump, I think he's pliable. I think he's willing to um, recognize when things don't work or recognize when people are, are rejecting him. And I think he, he, wants to, he wants to do a good job. And I think he can, in fact, adapt. So I'm hoping it's not too late. I think he's surrounded himself with some very bad people and I mean Liza Minnelli and Steve Mnuchin, uh, um, uh, the Wilbur Ross, who is a true corporatist scumbag, maybe uh, a, a little bit more efficient than this Rick Heidner we talked about, but it's about the same, the same uh, policies of corrupting politicians and also um, his uh, trade economic advisor who's never really made any money, Peter Navarro, who was a classroom guy. I think these are very bad people. But anyway, Jim had a question, and we were talking about both healthcare and trade. And his one thing is, uh, one thing to consider, Sean, healthcare is paid for by the employer here, which is uh, a substantial part of the bottom line. In the communist state that you uh, of, of healthcare you accuse it to be, it is spread across the broad spectrum of the population. How can you even the playing field with respect to that? Well, there's a couple things to, to remember. Number one, government na- likes to call things the exact opposite of what it is, right? The Affordable Care Act is anything but affordable. That's what government is great at, right? Let's name it lollipops and and, and roses, and the people will love it. So they call it the Affordable Care Act, and they switch what insurance is. So the concept of insurance is what? It's a hedge yourself against future costs. That's what insurance is. That's what we bought into. And to a certain extent, does it work? Well, it depends on the insurance company. And if they take your premium and if they invest it and offset themselves and make a little extra, well, it could work on paper. Historically, does it work? No. They take the money. They spend the money. They buy buildings. They make bad investments. They give golden parachutes and high salaries. And when it comes time to collect, they try to screw you. That's how insurance really works versus how it's supposed to work. But what um, the socialists figure out is that they could take advantage of its failure. That's what politicians and socialists do perfectly. They take advantage of the failure, and they promise to correct it. So they came up with this scheme called the Obamacare. And what it does is it's called health care for a reason. It's trying to make everyone prepay a cost. Because they have figured out, they have estimated, guesstimated through actuaries, that each one of us will take up certain costs in health care. They average it at about $300,000, if memory serves me correct, when it was, I was reading the first uh, draft of what it was supposed to be. So now they have to figure out how can we possibly get $300,000 per person out of somebody. And they overcharge some. Uh, they undercharge others. They pretend to subsidize the rest. And in the meantime, they are going after your employer to um, pay the bulk of it. But they gave a, a, a wrong loophole in Obamacare, and that is that they, they allowed the, the company to kick you out into the pool, which the smart companies did. 
because it alleviated their costs, so it kicked you out. So to his question, do employers pay for it anyway? Well, there's no is the, is the answer. And the ones that do, they're taking that away from your compensation. See, here's the thing to remember. There are no, there are no free rides, even Uber on Election Day. It's not really free. There's always, it's always going to get its end somewhere. Right, So the idea that companies just say, well, I like that guy over there, Jim. Jim's a good guy, and I decided I'm going to pick up his insurance. Well, that's not how it works. In fact, that may be costing you a tremendous amount of money, not just the money that they pay for your premium, but the money they would rather give you. See, this is the scam of all scams, of all insurances, of Social Security. This is the argument against Social Security when it was a con job being passed. It's the argument now. Wouldn't you rather give that money to the worker? And the government says, no, we don't want that because the worker's too stupid. He'll squander that money. He won't invest that money. So we have to pretend to do it for him, and it'll all be great. And that's the scam. Because what you've learned is they don't even bother anymore in pretending it goes into a special account. They strictly take it and spend it and pretend they owe you and hope you die and never collect it. Or when you do try to collect it, they try to figure out how to put hurdles in your way to get the money you said you were going to get, right? So none of these programs work. And that's why Sweden, ironically enough, who uh, uh, Bernie Sanders and the rest of the socialists point to, have gone in the last decade hardcore free market. Now, granted, there are different welfare programs, but they've privatized a lot of those investments that keep those programs alive. So that's something to remember, is that nowhere does this kind of system work. Nowhere end the story. And what happens is uh, the registered nurse, Underwood, who I falsely promoted to a doctor yesterday, in the future, in 20 years, the closest you're going to get to a doctor is a registered nurse. So maybe I wasn't wrong. I was just early. The other thing now from the same uh, Jim Stolte is while I am not a fan for tariffs in general, I still see the need to bias against socialized production. This is an interesting line. Um, Socialist production because of the way that some overhead costs are not borne directly by the producer, but by the population at large. Well, this is, this is, it's, it's an interesting take on it because socialist countries, they just eliminate the costs because the government owns the, the, the means of production. So when you talk about China specifically, government owns the companies. So there is no overhead costs. They don't regulate themselves and tax themselves. Um, they strictly eliminate it, which is why in some cases they can have production and pay their people according to their currency what the people deem fair. And the other thing is, is I find this always interesting by uh, Trump supporters who are willing to embrace tariffs. And that is, they, can, they call people who want goods from around the world and, and, and searching for value, they call them globalists. And they're misusing the word to me. To me, a globalist wants the exact same policies, the exact same currency, the exact same definition of value from country to country to country. That's a globalist. Ironically, the guy who wants to put on the tariff, the, the, the guy who supports the tariff, you're the globalist. I'm the guy looking for free market, looking for value. I'm the guy that doesn't want my currency to be manipulated by government. I want my currency to show value because of the strength of our government and the strength of our country. All these other calls for the, this imaginary equalization, this, is, this on its philosophy is a fraud. You're the true globalist. Now, number two, how do they really work? Well, what's happened 
during this question, I actually pulled up an aluminum and a steel chart. And you could do it right now on your phone. Aluminum and steel, since Donald Trump has been sworn in, and since he's promised to do tariffs, and since he's implemented tariffs, have gone straight up. Because what they realize is there's no more competition. They can take whatever price they want and raise it because there's nobody to come in and say we can sell it less. Because at every turn, Donald Trump says, no, 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 we're going to tax whoever buys it. This is the other falsehood. The falsehood that countries pay tariffs. It's almost hard to believe that people still in this day and age in 2018 believe that. You, the American, your neighbor, the American, that's who pays it, right? The developer, it's hidden in the costs. It slowly is, a, is it, it devalues your own currency, and it, it inflates the cost of a product you could get less. Now, some people say, well, that's okay. I'd pay anything just not to buy it from China. Well, where were you 20 years ago? See, I don't like fake virtue. See, now, if you're the real deal, I actually know somebody who I completely disagree with. I think he's an absolute uh, uh, union sellout hack. But I'll tell you one thing about that union sellout hack. He goes out of his way to pay more. And this is long before Donald Trump was ever involved in politics to buy more, making sure it was made from America. Now, that guy's the real deal. The rest of you, no, you're not. No, you're not. You want to misuse the power of government to not only control yourself, but to control somebody else you're jealous of. See, and that's the other thing that in both healthcare, in both when you call for government economy, there is a certain self-loathing contempt and greed in it that I think explains it. I think it explains why you're a cultist, and it explains why you pretend we know these guys who wouldn't let you in their door if you had the best costume on today, rang the doorbell with 14 kids. You're not coming in. But we all pretend they're on our team. So, you know, these are, these are some of the issues that I think are very, very important. And they tie into the flavor of the day. Now, what's the flavor of the day? Now, here's the thing, Mr. Producer. I'm going to hope that I hit the right Trump button. Are you in there? Can you hear me? I don't see Trump. D-Trump 8? Yeah? All right, let's try it. You see we're going to win that one. It's going to happen. We're going to win that one. I'm confident. Our- That's tariffs. That's tariffs. That's tariffs under the blue one. Now, how ridiculous. We're the only country in the world where a person comes in, has a baby, and the baby is essentially a citizen of the United States for 85 years with all of those benefits. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it has to end. Um, Have you talked about that with counsel? Yeah, I have. So where in the process? It's in the process. It'll happen. With an executive order. That's what you're talking about, right? Yes, exactly. That's a very interesting question. I didn't think anybody but knew that but me. I thought I was the only one. Now, here's the thing. This has been a hot button, and I've watched it since he said it yesterday. I almost addressed it yesterday for the show. But I wanted to see what the fallout would be because I was curious how the lines would fall. Because here's the thing. I kind of recognized this when another guy said it about 15, 16 years ago. I recognized this when I realized that what are we really trying to protect when we try to keep out foreigners? And what we're really trying to protect is our socialism that fails, right? But instead of Trump saying that, which I, by the way, I agree with him on this. I just think he's not explaining it properly. But you know who I thought explained it better? I thought this guy explained it better. And this is probably his lawyer who he's talking to. If making it easy to be an illegal alien isn't enough, how about offering a reward for being an illegal immigrant? No no sane country would do that, right? Guess again. If you break our laws by entering this country without permission and give birth to a child, 
we reward that child with U.S. citizenship and guarantee a full access to all public and social services this society provides. And that's a lot of services. Is it any wonder that two-thirds of the babies born at taxpayer expense country county-run hospitals in Los Angeles are born to illegal alien mothers? See, now, Harry Reid knew how to explain an issue. And that's who you heard. That was the policy that got him elected. So like an Illinois Republican, he said one thing, and when he got in, he governed a completely opposite way. But it doesn't take away from the fact that he is exactly correct, right? So now here's the thing. You're talking to somebody who is not a build-the-wall guy. You're talking to somebody who does not want to put people on an island, uh, who does not want to keep out certain people. In fact, I want a streamlined, efficient way to have people come into the country. Very streamlined. In fact, you know what I want? I want the 1986 Simpson and Mazzoli bill. Ta-da! Because what people don't realize is that's the bill that answered all these problems. But they were never going to do any of this because it gives them fodder to pretend we have this mass separation. When the reality is you heard from Donald Trump, who was not as articulate, who was not as steadfast, and who did not want to exp- or, or mention the word illegal alien specifically in the fashion that Harry Reid did. So there's where you see the agreement when it's when it gets me votes, the disagreement when it when it causes people to separate. That's what you have going on here, because there is nobody in their right mind who thinks that somebody should be allowed to break in, break into anywhere, have a baby and be exempt from from prosecution or from penalty. Not only that, the baby should reap some sort of a benefit. It's not particularly right. But the other thing is, you're arguing about now what's Constitution, and they talk about the uh, Civil War amendments. Well, these were, these were specifically created for slaves. And we have the documents of the people who, who put together the amendments, and we know very well that it was about being here with permission. That, in fact, at the time of these amendments, it specifically addressed people who were here on vacation, who were diplomats, who were here without permission. So there isn't any question of intent. It's a question of lawyers working loopholes and angles to benefit and profit themselves for votes. That's all this is. And for programs, because it's the very programs that we pretend we want to protect that not only do they fail, not only do they implode and are they used as weapons against us, these are great election getters. These are fishing lures for elections. That's what this is. So there is... No question as to as to what the premise is. The problem is we can't, for some reason, we can't separate the issues. Should there be a way for people who want to be Americans to do it in a more streamlined fashion? Yes. Should the people who are born here be entitled to all of our free welfare, which is, in the world spectrum, the Louis Vuitton of free welfare? No. Not only that, we should stop ourselves from being entitled to that. But as I look in Florida where I decided to open a business, where I saw a state run so efficiently that it was run in the black, that had no state income tax, that had extremely low property taxes based on value of property. What do you see happening? You see the wildfire of socialism spreading. That's what you're seeing. And you're seeing Gillum, who is a radical socialist, and they're neck and neck with DeSantis. And for the life of me, I cannot understand why DeSantis isn't running on the freedom and on the, on the capitalism 
and on the liberty until I come in and I listen to the Republican president not articulate those points. For the life of me, I can't understand why we have lost the fundamental basis of what created the Tea Party, of what created the Republican takeover of the House, of what got guys like Joe Walsh elected. What was that? And that was we ran against the socialist cornerstone of Obamacare. Yet, in all of these races, in all of these debates, we are just embracing the very cancer that's killing us. We're embracing it. We're not arguing against it. I find it very, very disheartening. So here's the thing. We don't have calls. And if you want to call, it's 312-642-5600. So I'm going to do what I don't have time to do because they start right after the morning show. And it's, you know, Prof's giving me the dirty looks. He, I make him leave his clips and his thing. He's not happy about it. So I did not have time to go through some of these clips. So I'm going to go through them now. What do you think of that, Justin? A little change. I'll make the clips be my callers. You ready? All right. So now I know what this is because I heard the beginning. This is Trump talking to Laura Ingram on tariffs. You see, we're going to win that one. It's going to happen. We're going to win that one. How confident are you about the well, deal? I'd like to make a deal right now. I just say they're not ready. $250 billion additional tariffs if that deal doesn't go through. $250 billion, and I have $267 billion waiting to go if we can't make a deal. Are you optimistic? Scale yeah, of 1 I, to 10? I, I think that we will make a great deal with China, and it has to be great because they've drained our country. We have really helped rebuild China. They've taken up. They've been taking out an average of $500 billion, billion a year for many years. Not going to happen anymore. They're not taking out $500 billion. Americans are getting $500 billion in value, number one. Number two, we are 17% of their exports. They are about 17% of our debt holder. Well, we got a caller? All right. So to think that we're going to break them because we're going to prevent you, you, the consumer, the American consumer, from getting value and getting choice, we're going to break China is naive. Will it hurt them to have a 17% uh, part of their exports in jeopardy, fluctuate, change? Yes, it absolutely will. Will they uh, reconfigure and adapt and overcome? Yes, and they're doing it. See, this is the biggest fear I have because the the underlying foundation of this is that we, through a deal we broke called the Bretton Woods Agreement, we are the world currency. And we got there by guaranteeing we wouldn't do exactly what we've done for at least 10 years, hardcore, where everyone knows it, but you could argue since the 70s, and that is arbitrarily print money and water down our own value. So when we hear these politicians say China manipulates currency, we are the biggest currency manipulator because we are the ones that frauded the world to get them to use our dollar. And now we act as if we're so offended? I think the real amazing thing is that they still even remotely do it. All right, let's go to the caller. Who's laughing in the other room? Oh, hi, Sean. This is the clips from the next-gen wall. Yeah, don't use us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, Dan Prof wouldn't approve. Yeah, Dan Prof, he would approve. He would, please. He just wants anything to stop hearing my voice, so Dan Prof would approve. I'm glad I didn't go to that clip and really throw me off my thing there. Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> so... That is the real question. The currency manipulation that takes place by us somehow is okayed by us because we weaponize our our anger and frustration of our government eliminating our, our manufacturing. That's who eliminated our manufacturing. It wasn't China. It isn't China. It's bureaucracy. 
It's incompetence. It's the failure for, for states and for com, um, different politicians to deliver value in their districts. That's what destroyed manufacturing. You destroyed the manufacturing with the EPA. That's how you destroyed manufacturing, because you incentivize them to penalize and fine manufacturers because they got to keep half of the penalty and fine. You've made the government become opposed to the benefit to what the, the producer in the country is. And by somehow, they had guys decide, you know what, I can produce it and manufacture it in another country, ship it here logistically, and still make more money. That's the beauty of a free market. That's not to be condemned. That's to be embraced. And I say this as a guy who's on his fifth or sixth Toyota. I wouldn't drive a GM if you put a gun to my head. I'll tell you right now. And it's not strictly because of the 60-minute specials where they're, the, the guys who work there are getting drunk in the forest preserve. It's because I won't be extorted. I have a, a hard problem with our, my fellow American cheering for, for my president, who has seized the power of tax and tariffs, to somehow penalize me because I want choice. And then to not talk about the true scandal, which is the steel manufacturer and the aluminum raising their prices. They're taking absolute advantage, profiting. We're subsidizing. These aren't real jobs. This isn't real profit. This is guaranteed and extorted. Uh-oh, we got a caller on the wrong. There we go. Scott, thank you so much for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Hey, Sean. Uh, nice to talk to you. Sean, I've never seen you before, but I'm watching you on the income store stream oh, yeah. or whatever that thing is. Yeah. You're kind of cute. Hey, well, thank you very My mother always told me that, too, Scott. Thank you. Okay. You know Have what? Great day. Thank you very much. Well, how do you like that? See? And that's Scott. That's a big deal. Scott's been calling the shows for a long time. Um and uh, he's, I'll tell you what, he's, he's right on point always. And I'm going to say he's right on point now. Justin, you've been eyeing me, right? Kind of cute, all right? Yeah, yeah. Don't deny it. Anyway, it could have turned out a lot worse. My, both my parents are short, but it, it, they're both good looking. So thank you very much, Scott. I do appreciate it. And he, you know what? Without saying it, I think he agrees with me on the overall extortion play by Donald Trump to seize power to, to make certain companies profit. That's the true special interest. That's what you can laugh at me all you want. I will not be sidetracked off this. I've been waiting to talk about this all day because it cost me a lot of, of people that like me or people that supported me or people that used to say, hey, I like when you talk about the real fundamentals. This is what Obama did, by the way, in the rubber tariffs. This is what George Bush did for Wilbur Ross. You want to you feel dirty and never, never feel like you can get clean again? Look at what Wilbur Ross did as a supposed businessman. This is the same thing that, that, that we had talked about yesterday with Sean Caston and the green energy scam. This is about, this is an economy. This isn't delivering true value to society. This isn't see a need, fill a need. This is pay-to-play extortion. I don't know why it's hard for anybody else to see this. And if the, the economy was truly strong, we wouldn't need all this. You wouldn't need all this. This is the other thing where I bet Dan Proft and Justin and a couple guys in there made fun of me. I uh, was listening to a phone call. Um, God, I can't remember the guy who called. He was an old, an old uh, journalist who was repeating and regurgitating talking points of an economy. And here's my argument against nationalism, against populism. The argument is very, very simple. It is the backdoor subsidies that the TARP that we were so against, the stimulus and the quantitative easing tried to accomplish. This pretends to do it through achievement and through production. Because if you're having the high GDP, but those numbers are fake and subsidized, they're not real. 
I just want a separation of economy and state. I want the government to go back to what it was supposed to do, and that is to protect the producer, not penalize him, to protect the, the achiever, not punitively tax him. And this is what is most disheartening. It's not the tweets from a guy who I like and I know is I know gets it, just did just maybe didn't look at it that way or didn't think about it that way. It's about my fellow citizen demanding, demanding more for nothing and that we take from others. I don't get how you look at a guy and who's who makes five million dollars a year and you don't say, God, how did he do it? How did he do it? What did he do? How did he work so efficiently and smart? But instead, you look at him and say, he doesn't need that $5 million. He doesn't deserve that $5 million. He should pay half of it in taxes. Half of it in taxes. That is how you get guys like J.B. Pritzker. Because what he's understood is, it's better to sit back and collect from the tax shelters his grandfather took advantage of and never have an income. See, this is how you get true separation in a society. It isn't arguing over immigration. It's creating law so that people cannot become wealthy. That's what the diabolical plot of the Democrat is. It's to never make you truly self-sufficient. And it's to ensure that those guys who are, those guys who pay them, the, the Soroses, the Pritzkers, uh, the Steyers, the Tom Steyers of the world, that they can only do it in industries, have their okay and if they give them their money. So we've become a gangster society. This is gangster stuff, baby. This is living in a mobbed-up neighborhood. And if you want to operate, you're going to pay or you ain't, we're going to break your windows. That's what this is. And that's why you have a tax law that, you know, whether uh, they say they're going to give the middle-class cuts, the, the lower-class cuts, why not give it everybody the same? That's the one guarantee. And that's how you weed out. So do I, am I optimistic that you can weed this out? Absolutely unequivocally. But you can't do it along this path, and you can't do it when states like Florida embrace socialism. So these are the these are the overall fundamentals that I want to have in mind when we talk about the flavor of the day. These are the overall fundamentals that you have to have in mind because when you combat slander, you, I think the greatest clip that Donald Trump should do is he should walk around with that Harry Reid clip in his pocket when he's called a hater, when he's called a racist. And the, and the other thing that you see is yesterday in the news and today and this morning on all the news shows, the protesters from the synagogue shooting. This, to me, is the most mind-boggling thing that happened to Donald Trump. This is when you could see that he's really, there's two kinds of, of people now, unfortunately for us. There's the blind cultist who Trump could do anything and impugn their rights and freedom, and they cheer for him. And there's the other one who Trump can do anything, and no matter what it is, he's guilty and they hate him. We've lost that ability to de- decipher issues. And I find it very, very hard to, to combat that argument when you see a guy who has done more for the Jewish state than any other president in the history of the country, whose family members are Jewish including those grandkids, including his daughter, including his highest confidants. You realize that? Out of all the guys that are his confidants, the guys I just said are, are, are scam artists and scoundrels, they're Jewish. Steve Mnuchin, he, he's, he's, he's there forever. He's a third-generation Goldman Sachs guy. He'll be there whether there's a Democrat or a Republican. These, and he's, he's got the right ear of the president. His son-in-law, who's... Really, another trust fund baby, right ear of the president, Jewish. How could this guy be an anti-Semite? How could this guy inspire hate from a shooter that hated Donald Trump in the exact same tweets? So 
until we get rid of this tribalization, until we reject this, this, this never Trumper, always Trumper, until we can say, what do presidents do? What can they do? And what should they do? This is why the most important question was never asked of Donald Trump. What will you do as president to reestablish the separation of powers? And the answer is nothing. And that's the sad part, because in the end, even though we pretend we're winning, we're losing. That's the sad reality of what is happening here. All right, let's go through another clip, because here's the other thing I didn't tell you. There's no commercials now, so when I have to go to the bathroom, I can't even go to the bathroom. Let's get another clip, uh, and if you want to participate in the show, it's 312-642-5600, and uh, I'll take the cute, I guess. Here we go. Breaking news, a new bombshell. One astrologer says this means the beginning of the end for President Donald Trump. The beginning of the end of the Trump presidency. Trump will resign. Trump is going to resign. Is this the tipping point? I know we've said it over and over. You think this is a tipping point? And over and over. This is a tipping point. And over and over. Breaking news, President Trump off the rails. It was the beginning of the end today. The beginning of the end. It reminds me a lot of the last days of Nixon. Breaking news tonight, new bombshell. This is the beginning, not the end. The beginning of the end. The walls are closing in. The walls closing in. The walls closing in. Breaking overnight bombshell. This is a very dramatic day, and I think it might be near a tipping point. Now, I don't understand why that same approach wasn't taken to, um, well, I do understand. To say I don't understand is is disingenuous. Uh, When 60 senators voted on one bill that seized one-fifth of our economy. To me, the notion that the D.C. press corps, because here's what happened. In the 90s, what happened? These media companies bought news organizations, and they became soap operas. So for us to continue... Uh, to to hope that we're going to get news out of these places means that you're going to pretend Fox is going to stop putting baby oil on on the reporter's legs. It's not going to happen. It's always going to be the hyperbole. It's always going to be the drama. And the problem is we the people are losing. We're losing when we can't decipher issues because we're repeating, regurgitating talking points. This is the problem with cultism. This is why it must be rejected. This is why it is important to have these issues where you say on tariffs, look, it's not supposed to happen. It's a separation on health care. What do you mean uh, he voted to take away pre-existing conditions? That's not how it works at all. That's not what was happening. They voted to remove Obamacare. Now it's being used against them in these state races. The problem is you have a, you have a a media that's not just promoting its agenda. It's specifically leaving out things of information, of fundamentals that could, in fact, fix the country. We got a caller on the line. All right, let's take the caller. There we go. You don't even have to type them. Put them on there. Jody. Hey, Sean. How are you? I'm tired and I have to go to the bathroom, but other than that, everything's great. Uh, yeah, you need a bathroom break? I need a bathroom break. <laughs> I need a call so I can go to the bathroom. Go ahead. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, I'm, loving the, I'm loving the podcast. I love the fact that, you know, you don't have commercials. It's a lot different. We can have a conversation. So I'm, I'm hoping it goes well. Yeah, well, I, you know, I have a question for you. You know, you say all the news is hyperbole. Where can we get the actual facts from? Because, you know, I'm new to this whole political arena, and you're right. Everything I see, it's just extreme one way. Um, where can we get the news? So it's funny. It's, you know, this is my biggest concern. I don't, I don't watch a lot of TV the way I used to. Um, but when I used to trade, I used to watch the financial news. And ironically enough, you want to know what was the best news was that the, the Asian Bloomberg I found to be the best news. 
I'm not kidding you. So just just as a happenstance, I'll put it on from time to time. I mean, I haven't traded Jody. It's been 13 years, right? So I put it on, and and what they do is they they don't run the news along the bottom. They put it along the side. And I'm going to give you a for instance. I actually took a picture of it with my phone. Healthcare companies pour 46.7 million dollars into the midterm vote. When contributions from employees are included, the total given by that industry, uh, individuals and employees, rises to $200 million. It's the most of any one industry poured into midterms in the history of the country. So this is news that I think, I think it should be everywhere. Because you know what was funny to me today as I was listening to the morning show? Was when the Republican politicians were calling up. And they were complaining about the money in politics. Well, listen, you're the son of a guns that pushed for it. These are the same son of a guns that wanted that uh, Citizens United, that wanted unlimited money into politics. See, to me, Jody, the only thing in, in this country that's supposed to be limited is the politician, is his power, is his money, is the donations. That's the only thing that's to be, to be restrained. Yet, it's the only thing that isn't. And we, the citizens, we're constantly restrained. So it's completely upside down. So where do you get news? You know, ironically enough, it's come to my opinion that you can't get news in America. Here, I got this on European Bloomberg, uh, Asian Bloomberg News. Why would that be on Asian Bloomberg News and not on Channel 572? Why? Because they don't want you to know what the real news is. Because the real news is they get the big ratings by selling the soap opera. I mean, you, you know, it's funny to me, the Megyn Kelly show. Whoever watched Megyn Kelly show? I got a bunch of people that never watched it that refuse now to watch any channel she, or, or uh, that the channel that fired her, and they promised to watch the channel she goes to. It's crazy to me how people are just sheep. They just put a ring in everyone's nose. It's mind-boggling to me. Who cares about Megyn Kelly? Who cares about uh, these personalities? But unfortunately, that's where we're dragged into because you know what? It is a show. It's your favorite sitcom. It's your favorite drama. It's your favorite love story. Just pick a news station. And that's the problem, I think. But I'll, I'll get my uh, Asian news. Half the time I can't understand what they're saying, and, I, and they print it in English. So I'm a winner-winner. What do you think of that? <laughs> Interesting. I'll have to look into that. Thank you very much. All right, Jody. <laughs> thank you for calling me. I was running out of gas. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank Take you, care. So this is the other, that, that to me, that truly is a monster, monster story. The other monster story that was on there is there's a leak from the Saudi Arabians. People don't realize this. Saudi Arabia has been decimating and doing what things in Yemen that would have made uh, a Sherman blush. They're bombing, specifically targeting children and hospitals and, and residents of, of mountainsides. And it's not being reported. So how could that not be reported? And you find out they've promised to give a billion dollars to the aid in- industries that are, that are supposedly helping the people that they're bombing. And how could this happen without knowledge of the United States government? And we're not talking about Yemen. We're not ta- Why? Why is it a problem? Well, because of the, of the, of the strait, because of the logistics of oil. And this whole thing with, with Saudi Arabia, I find nauseating, the, 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 the closeness with the Trump administration. And the fact that we're not being inquisitive anymore to it. And the tragedies. And this, is, this story broke yesterday at 2 in the afternoon. 2 in the afternoon, the U.N. leaks a memo, uh, reveals Saudis demanded Western propaganda in exchange for a billion dollars to aid agencies. This is big news, baby. And yet we're not getting it. Don't have any more clips, huh, kid?
All right, what do, what do we got here? Uh, let's hit it. I keep trying to point out to people not to demonize any one group or any one ethnicity, oh. but we keep thinking. All right, wait, I'm going to reset that because, you know, I'm glad I saw that because I sent you that clip last night. Part of the things that to substantiate the fact that our news industries have become sitcoms, have been comedies, have become dramas, is that they hire guys not just based on affirmative action, but based on a certain level and ability to incriminate without evidence and say bombastic things and get away from it. And nobody embodies that like Don Lemon. Uh, this is Don Lemon, and this is yesterday, and I found this to be outrageous. Also sent to me by Twitter. I keep trying to point out to people not to demonize any one group or any one ethnicity, but we keep is thinking that, really that the biggest terror threat is something else. Some, some, some people who are marching... Oh you know, towards the border, like it's imminent. And when the last time they did this, a couple hundred people came and they, you know, most of them did get into the country. Most of them tired, you know, got tuckered out before they even made it to the border. Um, so we have to stop demonizing people and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right, uh, to the right. And we have to start doing something about them. There is no travel ban on them. There is no ban on, you know, they had the Muslim ban. There is no white guy ban. So what do we do about that? So what this is, this is my favorite kind of retort to common sense. This is veiled racism by a minority who believes himself to be above reproach, right? Because he can't possibly be racist. What he said can't possibly be racist. After all, he's a minority. He's the same kind of minority who wants um, to, to eliminate people who are qualified from everything from firemen to college based on race. But he's not the racist. No, 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 no. You just need racism to combat racism. By the way, the racism you're trying to be combated doesn't have to be factual. Because I dare him to go to City Hall of Chicago and up to any white guy who is a, a terrorist on the right, who is right-leaning, who is conservative. In fact, he's in New York. Why doesn't he walk down the streets of Manhattan and find a conservative? Find a white conservative in Manhattan. But this is the beauty of an accusation by a minority. Just call the white guy racist. Just call the white guy a terrorist, and you'll never be questioned. But statistically, I think it would be very, very interesting if from now on, we, we as white people said, you know what, that uh, scumbag that shot the synagogue, white He's a low-life scumbag. Put him in the white column. The Indian who sent the fake bombs, who really not only didn't uh, attempted terrorism, but thank God he sucked at that as much as he did at life. He didn't accomplish anything, but he's going to be in the Indian column. And let's break it down by race, because I'm curious to see how it folds out. Because it'll prove Don Lemon wrong about 97% of the time. That's how it'll really happen. What do you look like you got something to say? Hey, kid, you know, you don't? You want me to hit the, yeah, I saw what you did here. I'll make you, I'll make your day. Here's Dan Proft in Cabo. Hola. Hola. Well, we're in Mexico. <laughs> so how much should you recommend be probably a pieing? See, now here's another thing. I can actually use that as why I stopped drinking 17 years ago. That clip, it really does, you could go with it 50 different ways. Um, but the Mexico caravan is something that you have to acknowledge. You have to acknowledge the fact that the Mexican caravan doesn't make any sense to me. 
It doesn't make any sense how you can get that many people to agree on a destination. Not only that, how do you feed them? How do you, how do, well, what's going on? They just are overtaking. I mean, this is, this to me is, uh, it's number one, it's orchestrated, but I can't figure out who it's orchestrated by because it's going to really, really benefit the Trump people. This is the greatest thing to happen to the to the GOP forever, and it's an example of how Democrats overplay what could have been a good hand. All right, listen, this is the Liberty Hour podcast. I know I'm supposed to. Here's the nice thing. You know what they told me? I said, you know, I kind of got a little bit. You could wrap it up. What do you mean I could wrap it up? You could wrap it up right now if you want. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this every Tuesday. We're going to do it every Wednesday. I'm going to steal the clips from the morning show. I'm going to do what I would normally do, a call-in without the hang-up of Dan Proft. We're going to talk about various issues, and we're going to take your calls as we just did. The highlight of my day was I think I got called cute by Scott. I'll take it. Um, We will be back next Tuesday, and then eventually we will be taking this and putting it in the uh, Elmhurst Cigar House where you'll be able to stop by with smoke cigars, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I had fun. I want to thank you very much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it, Um, and we will see you next Tuesday morning. Thank you so much. See you tomorrow. See you next Tuesday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.